share one thing that goes along with what Jackie said. Um, this week I went to visit my family, and I think most of y'all know that my family has really, <clears throat> there's a lot of alcohol and drugs in my family, and um, and it's, you know, it's just been hard to watch that over the years because we parents sort of raised us all right, and and then as life gone on and got hard, people got really messed up. But I was driving down the roads, live on dirt roads out in the country. Everything's in dirt roads and trailers. So that gives you a picture of my family. <clears throat> I was driving down the road, and the Lord said to me this. He said, "You know," um, he says, "You know what's wrong with your family?" And I, and immediately, you know, I, I, he just came and gave me the answer. He said, "They don't believe what I, I say about them." they have believed what the enemy has told them. And suddenly I really understood that that was really the root of the problems in our family and a lot of families. And in fact, as soon as I got my mind around that, the Lord, the Lord said this, and you know what? It's not just the problem with your family. It's the problem of the whole earth. That the enemy has told us a lie that we believe about ourselves. We were meant to display the glory of God. We were meant in the earth to display the glory of God and to be all that he's made us to be. But we believe what the enemy says over what God says about us. And what, if you really think about that, if the enemy can mar your identity and he goes after us in childhood is where it begins. He begins marring your identity and telling you things through what other people say or just his lies. Your identity gets really set in those places and I felt like the Lord was just showing me that he wants to break us free from a marred identity that our identity is in God we are the people of God and we should display the glory of God and it just was such revelation to me and I've been praying this scripture all month um, that the Lord would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and to the full knowledge of God that we would know the hope of our calling and the glorious inheritance in the saints. And that means living from what you really are, the inheritance that God has placed in us. And I just want to encourage us all with that, that we really need to stop believing the lies of what Satan has told us. The foundation, So many of our foundations are on a wrong foundation, and I just praise the Lord for him revealing that. It's just such a crucial thing. What I want to do is everybody stand up and let's renounce. Let's just don't hear this and say, yeah, that sounds right. But let's just go after those lies this morning. Lord, we just, con we just declare that this morning, Lord. We, that what the devil, what the world, what all that says to us is a lie, Lord. And Lord, we are renouncing that lie this morning. And Lord, we ask you to speak to us. I ask you to speak to every person in this room. Speak to our hearts and tell us who we are. We'll get our identity from you and what you say, Lord. And teach us, Lord, how to walk in that and how to live from who we really are. Not from what we were, Lord, or what we thought we were supposed to be, Lord, but from you, Lord. And Lord, I just pray you'd break it off of us today. You would set the captives free today of that deceptive lie that says you're not good enough, you're never going to make it, that you're despised and God does not care. That is a lie. Lord, we ask you to destroy that today. Destroy it, Lord. Destroy it. And whenever we think those thoughts, Lord, I pray your Spirit would convict us and say, No, 
It's not true. It's not true that we are the beloved in Christ. We are the saints of God. Lord, we call out to You today for that. We cry out to You, Lord. Do it in us, Lord. Do it in us, Lord. And I just pray that any person in this room today, Father, that has not accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord, as their Savior, that before you leave, you grab somebody and say, I want to know this Lord. I want to know this Savior. I want to know this Jesus Christ. I don't care what religion has taught me. I want to know the true God, the living God. Please do that today. And if you have fallen away from the Lord and left the Lord, and the Lord says, come back today. Come back today. My arms are open. I do not condemn you. I, I, will care, I will bring you in my arms. I will carry you. I will do for you what you can't do for yourself if you will simply humble yourself and come to me. Lord, let it be so with all of us that we'd all humble ourselves freshly today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. While they're taking that up, I wanted to provide an opportunity for people to share some, some testimonies this morning. But before I do that, I want to give you a picture, okay? And the, here's the picture. I was asked, you know, we have a, a particular view of church, and if you ever go to a pastor's meeting, you will get beat to death with that. You know, there's always this wrestling about what church should be. But so I've been asking the Lord to give me your view of church, okay? So this is this process I'm going through. But here's the first thing the Lord began to show me. And I can, I can give you this view, and you can all see it. And I want you to imagine what I'm showing you. Football game. Everybody knows what a football game looks like, right? Football players. And there's this huddle that they get in. And in the huddle, they call a play. And then they go, you know, they go, and you have these, everybody has their position, and they make the play. You know, and really, what, here's what I want you to begin to see. Uh, church is like a huddle. Okay, you got the coach being God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost sitting on the sidelines, you know, speaking, this is what we want to do. And, you know, so you have church, you have this huddle, and, you know, like the pastor or whoever the leader is, sort of like the quarterback, you know, he's in the huddle and giving some, you know, this is the play that we got from the coach. And then you go to the line, and the quarterback takes the snap, but he does something with the ball. Typically, he don't hang on to it because usually they're pretty frail and, you know, can't deal with it because you got these huge men after them. And he usually passes the ball or hands it to somebody else. Seldom does he do a quarterback sneak, but occasionally a good quarterback will run with it. Michael Vick and somebody like that. But here's the thing. The snap is made. You know, here's the snap. All right, we've made the snap. All right, we'll see y'all, you know, next time. And the snap is made. The play is, the ball is, is passed. So what we are seeing, the Lord, here's what we need to see about church. Church is just a huddle and just the beginning of the play. The real play takes place outside of here. That's where real church is really happening. And I believe if we would begin to shift our view about what happens for a couple hours or an hour, you know, for us it may be two and a half hours, an hour for long. If we just get this, quit, this is not the focus. This is just a part. It's an important part. But really the touchdowns are made outside of here. They really are. We all, we want, here's what we want. Oh, we want to see somebody come to the altar and something happen. That's a great thing. But you know that's happening 
around us every day in our church. Every day that's happening. Our church is doing a lot of stuff that you don't necessarily see on Sunday morning. So really what I want to do is I want to give some opportunities of, of touchdowns. Okay, I got several touchdowns. I mean, we're, we got the lead big time. I got 28 points right here. Janet's going to share us with 28 points that she's got to share. Well, I want to I tell two things. Um, um, I'm talking about at MCA this week, just this week. Um, one, we have a student who's been there about three weeks, and um, <clears throat> he's a ninth, tenth grader, tenth grader, and he came uh, from a public school, and this week um, we, we do something called recitations in my classroom, in an English classroom. And um, he got up to give his recitation this week, and he said, mine's not the usual recitation. I don't have a poem or something that I've read that I really liked, um, you know, from the English book or something like that. It's a little bit different. This week, I want to read, um, you know, I just came here about three weeks ago, and I've been hearing things at this school that I've never heard before, and I'm pretty upset about that, he said. And um, I thought, oh, no, he's upset about it. What's he going to read? So he read a portion from his biology assignment from the book about how um, so many Christian, how so many great scientists are Christians. You know, and he was saying that he had never heard that kind of thing before. He'd never heard about creation and, you know, as opposed to evolution in school. And I just wanted to jump up and dance because that's one of the lies, you know, like we were talking about today. There are a lot of those things that I felt like the Lord has given us in our hearts at MCA that to target that the, the lies of the enemy that he's spoken to people, young people this day and time. And that's one of the ones that, you know, Christians are stupid and that they have to check their minds at the door when, when they become Christians, you know. And so that was a really exciting thing. And the other really exciting thing is that as a result of our chapel service this week, four people got saved in the upper school. Isn't that awesome? See, we've got to start seeing this, that God is doing stuff. Okay? Terry Manning has a testimony. This, this is awesome. This is another touchdown. Um, my father-in-law has been really sick. He was diagnosed with a brain tumor a couple months ago. And um, Emerson went down to Memphis three weeks ago, tried to come back, had to go back. And then they called us all in thinking he was going to die immediately. So... Two weeks ago, I was at church, and we sang It Is Well With My Soul. And I felt the Lord really tell me that I was supposed to sing this to him. So I came by Becky's house before I left, and I got the words to the song. And last Sunday, we were there. Now, you got to remember, he's really medicated and barely, barely comes out of this just from time to time. So last Sunday, it had quieted down, and Emerson and myself and my sister Kathleen, who's a Christian, and my father-in-law's... Uh, his neighbor, Charlie, who is also a Christian, we were sitting in the room, and we began singing that song. And we sang for quite a while, and we sang every song we could ever remember. And he seemed to be totally asleep, 
completely asleep, but we just kept singing. We sang loud. As a matter of fact, nurses would come by and say, we heard you singing. And so uh, we left it at that. Well, the next morning, Emerson had not spent the night there. A sister had, and he came in, and his father was really restless. And uh, when Emerson came in, he bent down, and he said, what do you need, Daddy? And he said, sing me the songs. And so Emerson began to sing to him. And my father-in-law started talking to the Lord and asking for forgiveness for certain things because I've never known one day that my father-in-law went to church. Not one. Now, Charlie tells us that, and and Emerson says, you know, that he settled up with the Lord. And my father-in-law actually said that's a perk to growing older is it gives you time to make amends with with God. But he started asking for forgiveness for his sins. And Emerson um, said, well, Daddy, he said, he began to pray with him. He said, would you like to pray a prayer of salvation just to make sure? And his dad said, yes, I would. So Emerson prayed the prayer, and his dad repeated after him. But I really felt like that, that the singing broke something loose, even in, even in wherever he is now. And I'm really praying, and I'd like for you guys to all pray because, you, y'all, he's right at the point of death. Just, and Gail told me, you pray for the Lord's will to be done. But he's there, and they have him connected to oxygen. And I want the Lord's will to be done. But I really feel like it's his season to die now. He's 89. He's not young. Um just pray for us that the Lord's will be done with him quickly that he doesn't have to linger like this and I want to say on top of everything that's been said you know we all strive to be what we think God wants us to be the pretty picture who thinks here they know me show of hands who knows me who really knows me you can raise your hand and you can raise your hand um I've never been loved more by the Lord than when I quit trying to be what I thought he wanted me to be because I sank to some low depths about 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and that was when the Lord came down and said, I love you no matter what. No matter what you do, you can't make me love you unless I'm going to scoop you up right here where you are. And since then, I know there's... Nothing I can do that will ever take me away from God, ever make him stop loving me. Um, And just like Emerson's dad, he's never proven to me that he was what we all think a Christian ought to be. He was always a good man. But God has just shown me it's, it's about your heart. It's about your heart. There's nothing you can do. Quit trying to be what you think the world thinks you ought to be as a Christian. You know, it's not about that. We're the ones that put people like that. They ought to look like this. They ought to smell like this. They ought to be like this. It's not true. It's just not true. My grandmother, same thing happened. In her dying days, the Lord came to her. I'll go ahead and tell you the whole story. She she was really sick, moved to a new apartment, had always been a feisty, feisty girl. Asked my mom to stay with her one night. And my mom said, Sure. And the next morning, my grandmother woke up. She came in. She said, there was a man in my room last night. My mother thought, oh, dear, the mind's going. She said, no, there was a man in my room last night. She said, not a real man. She said, it was an angel. She said, Jeanette, you know how you 
tuck me in at night and you pat me and you tell me you love me and you comfort me? She said, that's what he did. Well, so I heard this and I called my grandmother and I said, I want the story out of your mouth. So she told me that and she said, he came to me for five nights and after that I wasn't afraid and he didn't come back. She said, but that's all I needed. So that, and I asked my grandmother, are you saved? And she said, yes, I am. Never known my grandmother to be what we think she ought to look like and to be how we think she ought to be a good woman. But once again, she didn't grace the church doors. It's not about what we do or how we look. It's all it's just being, being you and letting the Lord love you. He loves you no matter what. And that's all. And Terry Mann should have been a preacher. <laughs> yeah, that was a great message. But these... No, I'm not doing that now. I ain't that dumb, man. That's a touchdown. Thank you, Lord, for Emerson's dad. Now, see, what I want us to do is get the mind. The ball is being thrown. You're catching it. Okay, but the catch not is not in this building necessarily. It may be in this building. That's all right if you make the catch in here. The catch may be out there. You know, you may break through out there. You know, I think about the big linemen. They're like prayer, people that pray to make sure the play can happen. Get that in your mind. Think like that. and Let's stop thinking and trying to make church something God never meant it to be. Church is meant to be taken to the world. Church, you hear what I'm saying to you? We've got to take it from here. That's why we come together. We come together, get the huddle, hear, hear some plays, hear what the Father's saying, hear some instructions on how to make the play. But if we don't take it outside and go do it, then we're, we're, missing. The, we're missing the majority of the game. Who would want to just watch a game where they had the huddle and they went up to the line and snapped the ball but never got to see the rest of it? That would be a bummer. And uh, do you want to say something? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Tell about the grandchildren. This is a very important testimony. And by the way, while she's coming, I wanted to say this. If you have a testimony you'd like to share, send it to me, Byron, at riverlifefellowship.com, or Becky at riverlifefellowship.com, or Matthew at riverlifefellowship.com. Or you could call, but I'm into emailing, man. That's the way to do it. That way, you know, you ain't got to talk to the person right then if you you ain't got time. You know, you can just ship it off to them. Because most of my stuff comes when nobody wants to talk, you know, late at night or early in the morning. So, but send those because I believe what God wants us to see is that He is doing a lot of stuff. Much more than what we see, just quote, on Sunday mornings. And we've got to see that's what it's supposed to be. I want you all to celebrate with me because um, a couple of Mondays ago, the kids um, come to their 11-year-old twins, and they come to our house after school. And uh, my girlfriend and I were talking God stuff, and I could see my granddaughter Leanne's ears just kind of waving in the wind. And God just put it in my mind to ask her, do you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? And she smiled a big smile, and she said yes. And she goes, they go to a church that, that doesn't um, do that. And um, so I said, okay, and we sat in a circle and held hands, and we, I, you know, I explained to them more about baptism. We've talked about it, but I explained more about it and why it was important and t- told them to relax, and we were just going to sing. 
And um, so we sat in the circle and we sang, and she came out with this beautiful language. And um, so our grandson came in the room. He had been in another room doing his homework, and he's all grinning, what are you doing? I said, do you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? And he said, yeah. So he joined the circle, and we held hands, and we sang. And he came out with a beautiful language. (laughs) And they had, I mean, it kept coming. You know, it just kept coming. And then our um, daughter's husband's aunt, I mean cousin, who has been like a substitute mom for him, um, died. And so we were praying for the family. And as I was praying in English, um, the kids were singing in tongues. So celebrate. (laughs) I want to read this scripture to you that will really bless you. It's, uh, of course, Paul. He said, uh, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things, yeah, come on, Whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And what has happened, here's what I did several months ago, thanks to Don Potter sitting back there. This is how I know Don Potter. I said, I want to know your testimony. And he shared his testimony with me. And every time I see that man, that's what I think about is his testimony. He could come in here in the worst mood in the world, but when I see him, I think about his testimony about what God did in his life. And I realized God did something in my heart that day. He began to teach me that verse. He began to teach me to quit thinking about what I don't have, all the problems, what I wish I had, blah, 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 and begin to think on what God's doing. Think about children getting filled with the Holy Spirit. Think about an old man dying, making, repenting on his deathbed, crying out to the Lord. Thinking about four young people receiving Christ as their Savior. Thinking about a young man who came to the school and was sort of resistive and, you know, I'm not sure about all this stuff. And getting touched, hearing there was a God who created him versus he evolved from some mud hole or something, you know? These are the kinds of things, if I believe, what if God wants us to fill our minds and hearts with daily. And here's what happens to you. Suddenly there's something called faith that starts leaping in your heart. It really does. And suddenly you begin to see the world around you differently. You're excited. I mean, I can be in the morning excited. Then what am I excited about? There's a lot of other testimonies that I can't share that are more like personal kind of things that you can't expose, but, you know, they're important. Now, we have a couple, you know, I'm just saying there, God is doing a lot of stuff, and if we would wake up and ask God to begin to show us and begin to put our focus on those things. Paul said meditate on them. You know what that word meditate actually means? It murmuring, you know, you know, just talking to yourself about them. You know, the cow that chews the cud. You know, that picture of a cow that chews, that eats their food, and then it comes back up, and they chew it over and over and over. You just put those things in your mind, and your life will change. Because you're thinking, and faith is released, and when you start seeing by faith, it's a powerful thing. Now, I think Ron Eckert had a, something he wanted to share. Is that true, Ron Eckert? Come on. If Ron Eckert can get out here and share, share something, anybody can. Because Ron is a guy, this is a Ron's testimony. This is what he t- I asked him to pray one time, and he told me later, don't you ever do that to me again. 
I've always been a man of few worries, but I've found out for myself that God told me I'm hands, so what I have to do, I do by hands. And uh, I saw something on His Horse Mission that drew me down to Argentina, and uh, it was work, it was work with my hands. And um, I found out that after working with my hands, we went out into the field where people there, they don't know what food is. They don't know what living is like. And it just, it broke my heart. I mean, it's a vivid picture, but I have to tell you, because this is what I saw, and this is what really turned my, my mind around and gave me a, a heart to uh, lift these people up every day. I was walking down the street after this bus ride in the dirt road, and I'm looking on the side of the streets, and there's these gullies on each side. And I don't know who I asked, but I said, what is that? That's the sewer drainage from the houses. That's how people live. They don't have bathrooms. They have whatever it is, they, a hole in the ground that leads out to this and goes away. Argentina, or Residency, is, is below sea level. So I don't know what happens to this stuff, but this is how these people live. And we had this service there one night. I think when we first got there, it was about maybe 30 children. And... Uh, Alfredo, who I call a Joshua. This man is unbelievable. He's young. He's in his middle 30s or something like that. But you don't go any place around the base without him. And he's, he's got the Spirit of God in him. He knows the Lord. And he, his mother, who was some kind of a cook or something, that's what she did, she, every week, she gets these kids together and she feeds them. And Alfredo will minister. He'll sing songs with his uh, guitar and stuff like that. And before the service started there, we went down the block. And I don't know if Jim ever told you about the woman who um, had an infection on her foot and they healed her. We went down there and to see her. And her foot was healed. And we prayed for her and her mother. And as we were going down, one of the other girls was drawing a lot of these children up to where we were. And uh, so by the time we got back to this place, it was about, I would say, close to 90 children there. And... Uh, Alfredo was ministering and his mother was talking to him and then Jim gets up there and he introduces us to all of them. And then at the end, Jim says he wanted all of us to pray. So now here I am with hands laying on these children and I had a joy in my heart. And these children, they didn't look like they needed anything. They just, they wanted you. You know, that the love of the Lord just brought it out of these kids. And... uh, Joshua, I mean, uh, Alfredo, this man, and, and the poverty is really bad there, but uh, to give you an idea of how they live, and this is in where the hotel was, Alfredo works not far from the hotel. He makes about $85 a month. Doesn't have a car. He uses his bike for everything. He lives, I don't know how far, 15 miles away from the base. And he comes to the base, goes to work, comes back to the base, and he just took us all over. He was a Joshua. That's all the only I can explain to him. And I want to leave you with this here. We need to pray for his horse missions and the people like Alfredo, his mother, and everybody else who does so much down there that we don't even think about, we don't even see. And I just bless the Lord for the things I have now. Thank you. Dave. Dave Summers. Come on. Here's what we're going to do. Where's Matthew? Let's, let's let Matthew hold his message to next week because he's going to feel rushed.
to you know give a message and I'd rather this is a great message he's got I'd rather let's save it till next week and let's go ahead and listen to I think Dave and Neil don't be yeah you can Alfredo's mom Alvira um, was diagnosed with uh, bone cancer and given six months to live 20 years ago and she still has the cancer and she still feeds these kids in and out of the hospital all the time and again she doesn't look after herself she looks after these kids and the Lord looks after her and uh, be praying for her Alvira and Freddie okay um, I've been studying I've been studying uh, Spanish for about uh, six months now I guess, and uh, but the only words that I could really use while I was there was El Baño. <laughs> you get picture, <laughs> but this time somebody asked me if it was the uh, the same or any better this time that was when we went back in July, and all I could say was well. It was good this time, it really was, but but I did get a little sick while I was there and uh, <clears throat> spent some time uh, at the hotel room just pondering and thinking about what all was going on uh, at the base and, and like when they went out to uh, uh, Vigia Elba, uh, I didn't get to go uh, to that. <clears throat> there wasn't a whole lot that I did get to do. I did get to work on Monday and Tuesday at the base we got to uh, uh, do some painting Uh, the place looked a lot different uh, when uh, we left than when it uh, it did when we got there Uh, they they got new uh, new gate there to the uh, base they got uh, the new security uh, room there and then of course we got the bottom part of the base painted uh, Argentine blue. <clears throat> we did have a little problem with the paint. Uh, we started out painting and got so far, and then uh, the paint didn't get mixed up good, and, and I uh, did some last little touch-up on the security room, and everybody started saying, Oh, it's two different colors. And so we really went while then trying to figure out what to do about that but we got that straightened out but one <clears throat> one thing whenever I got home I got to thinking you know what what did I get to experience while I was there because there was about only one thing I really experienced but <laughs> but um, <laughs> but anyway um, I got home and I got to sitting around the the, the table with uh, Robin and uh, Krista and I got to thinking about the trip and I just went to crying I just boo-hooed it wasn't because I was sick all the time it was because I got to thinking about Alfredo, I got to thinking about the people that we'd uh, come in contact with, I got to thinking about you know how they loved the Lord even though uh, they don't make a whole lot of money. Just like he said, $85 a month, is, uh, that's U.S. dollars 
a month that, that they uh, make. And uh, Alfredo was and I were talking one day, and and he was asking me about uh, the in the pay scales and stuff like that here in the U.S. And I was telling him, you know, about you know what I made and and all that. And he just he just stood there just shaking his head. He he couldn't you know believe that that people could make that amount of money and I don't make a great amount but and um, then I went over to uh, the Gonzales's house this is a uh, friend of Krista's uh, <clears throat> and they were asking me uh, the mother was asking me said you know about Robin why she didn't get to come and I said well you know just didn't have the funds for both of us to come and she wanted to know how much it cost I told her, and when I told her, she just went like that. I told her it was $2,000 for us to, to come each, and she looked at me, and she just went. And she couldn't speak English, so but she just went. And I knew what she was saying. We we could never do that. Within our economy, we could never, never come up with that kind of money. But then you look at them, and they sit there, and and. You, and they talk about the Lord, and it's just a vibrancy, a, a, a joy in their hearts when you see them talk about the Lord and how the Lord blesses them. And so when I got home and I just started uh, processing uh, <clears throat> what I had really seen, I mean, I I just sat there and and boohoo. That's all I could do. And uh, so even though my time there uh, had some uh, unjoyable uh, experiences the when i look back at it it was it was the lord was was showing me to to have compassion upon the people that we need to pray for those people that are that live there and uh, have to to live in that economy and and all of that we just need to lift them up in our prayers and uh that just let them know that, that we're thinking about them and, and praying for them. And, um, other than that, I had a great time. Now we're going to hear from Neil Linker, who doesn't say much unless you make him mad, and and then you'll know it. I've... Uh been a bit critical about things and uh, I was reading that same uh, scripture this week about I think that uh, affects the way you it really affects the way you think about life is if you think about things that are true and noble and uh, good and we saw a lot of good this uh, on this trip uh, when I say I, I'm critical I you know I was thinking Twenty-four thousand dollars would go a long way in the park here in Mooresville. <laughs> you know, that's what it costs for twelve people to go down there. And uh, we could buy a lot of soup right here in Mooresville for that. But there's a lot good going on in in Argentina. I'm I'm glad I got to see it, so I know what's going on. Uh, Jim and Kathy and the group down there have uh, done some quality work. They've got 
very good people, the students in that uh, school, um, just people that love the Lord. So it was a very positive experience for me to go. And it's worthy of your contributions. I've been contributing to that for a, for a long time and not really knowing what was happening to the money. So I'm pleased that I went and I'm pleased with what I saw. Also, had a good time. Ron was saying, well, I didn't really, it wasn't really a good time. We worked real hard, but uh, Luis's father, Beto, and has kind of taken me under his wing and he took me out on a ranch. He knew I'm interested in that sort of thing. And uh, we got to see the gauchos out on this 11,000 acre compo, they call it. And got uh, uh, actually uh, Larry and Cheryl. I just wanted to say a word about them. I think they're where they ought to be. Amen. The people just love them and I love them. They're doing good work. But anyway, Larry got signed to be my interpreter. He's, uh, you know, it was it was fortunate that we had a real interpreter. <laughs> but you know, Larry's coming along, but he's he'd, kind of like me. He would be uh, slow getting up to speed. But uh, it was a real Beto Luis's father is a funny guy. He's just a he's a comic. He wears funny hats and and he's just a funny you know he should be on TV. But anyway, he he and uh, he and uh, uh, Larry were having a conversation. And I could tell they were both struggling. You know, they weren't really communicating. And uh, after about ten minutes, uh, Larry turned around me in the car and said, uh, "I bet you don't know what we're talking about, do you?" And, I said, and before I could answer, Beto said, "I know he can't because I don't know what we're talking." About. <laughs> But Beto really loves Larry. I mean, and that's he can say most anything to him. But out on the ranch, Larry and I got to ride the horses on the capo. You know, this place is huge. And uh, they didn't know I was a farm boy. They thought all these uh, North Americans—that's what they looked like. You know, they got they got cameras in front of their faces and uh, talking to the guy that runs the uh, farm's son and. They said, well, uh, <clears throat> Neil, would you like to see this lamb slaughtered? Like, uh, you know, this is going to be some big deal. And I said, I'll slaughter the lamb. <laughs> and they looked at me like I was crazy, you know. So I slaughtered the lamb. <laughs> <laughs> and they, uh, I think that brought me up a few notches in there. In there <laughs> I didn't even have a camera, so... <laughs> Larry forgot his, or we would have had one. So, but anyway, that that experience made it uh, made it fun for me to to go there. And then I got to know uh, Ron real well. He and I worked real well together the whole time, and the whole team that went. It was just a blessing to me. Uh, sure, you could you can do a lot of good right here, but with that money, but they're doing a lot of good in residential with the money that you send. So you can you can co contribute to this uh, mission organization with confidence. Thank you.
that those are like the receivers and the fullbacks and halfbacks. That's what you're hearing, what their story is. And, and we're all that. You know, even I was talking about the quarterback doing quarterback sneaks. I even do ministry outside this church. It has nothing to do with people in the church. Witness, I witness to people. I pray for people in the stores. I try to minister to my neighbors. You know, all, you know, from, you know, the Bible says from Jerusalem on out. You know, and we've heard stories of stuff right here at home, stuff all the way, you know, to the, you know, down yonder. Uh, you know, and that's really what we, that's really what should be happening in the church. That's what real church really is. And that's what we've got to begin to see that, shift our thinking towards we are the church and we're going out there into the world and wherever it takes us, if it takes you to the office somewhere, or if it takes you to South America or China or wherever, that's where you're supposed to be really doing what God's called you to do. And when we do that, when we come together, I believe we'll have, a much, we'll have what we want when we come together, a dynamic, dynamic time. So I did, that's really, really what the Lord wanted to do. I think you had something, Matthew? He's going to say it. So I wanted us to end with some music and just... Uh, I want us to sing this particular song that I like, so if the worship team would come up here and do this song. But anybody who... The Bible says if, if anyone, um, anyone among you is sick, okay, let him call for the elders of the church and they'll pray, pray over him. And if he's sinned, the Lord will forgive him and the Lord will heal. And we've seen the Lord heal so many people recently uh, through prayer in here, prayer over the phone, prayer over the prayer chain. Yeah, and then Pat Van Heineken and Dick will be glad if, to pray for you if you'd like to be filled with the Holy Spirit this morning. Because that's great what Andy said. That When we hear a testimony, there is the possibility that what was shared... It's prophetic, really. It's not just telling us something that makes us happy, which it does, but that's just the beginning. There's that, that possibility that that could actually happen for you. In other words, if you hear like... If you got, a bad stomachache, and somebody testifies they got healed of a stomachache. See, it's for faith. Your faith is in light. Hey, they they got filled with the Spirit. You know, I can get filled with the Spirit. You know, Spirit of prophecy. Amen. So let's just do that. We got the ministry team to come up. Any need that you have this morning, anything, big or little, your headache, toe ache, you want to see a loved one saved. You want to see a child saved. We've heard it this morning. There's the probability and possibility that God would save as, if we, as we pray. So let's just end on this song. Let's have the ministry team come up and we'll pray for people.